Quality Living Made Simple Podcast, Episode 13. Welcome to Quality Living Made Simple. We all want to have a quality life, but we run into difficult situations all the time. This is the podcast to help you understand what it really means to have a quality life and then to create and maintain that life by implementing simple tips, tools, and ideas. You can find out more information at qualitylivingmadesimple.com. I hope that you enjoy the show and share this with your social circles. All right, thank you for listening to the Quality Living Made Simple podcast. My name is Joshua Rivers, and so I do thank you for taking the time. This episode, I am wanting to talk about a little bit more about pursuing work that you love, and in particular, talking about risk that is associated with it and what we can do to try to be able to face that risk and be able to deal with that risk. And so as I began pursuing to do work that I love. It started uh, about a year ago and there were two books that really stood out and really helped me to be able to start to get some focus and be able to start working toward this. The first book is 48 Days to the Work You Love from Dan Miller and we talked about that back in episode number 11. And so episode number 11 I had the opportunity to be able to interview Dan Miller himself and we talked about pursuing the work that you love and we talked about some of the different things that were in his book 48 days to the work you love and then also some things that are in wisdom meets passion and so we looked at several different things there regarding the difference between vocation career and a job and the fact that the overall vocation is basically the calling it's the overall thing that we feel that we are designed to do, that we're made to do, and that the career is kind of a subset of that. That's kind of the direction that we start heading to be able to fulfill that calling. And then the job is the specific duty that we have day to day to be able to fulfill, again, the career and the vocation, the calling that we have. And so we talked about those things there. We talked about some different things about having a balance in your life to be able to have that balance there to be able to do some things there's several different things that we talked about in that episode and so if you have not listened to that yet I would definitely encourage you to go back listen to episode number 11 you can reach the show notes for that at simpleliving.us forward slash zero one one you can be able to take a look at that And so 48 Days to the Work You Love was the first book that really helped me to be able to step into the world of pursuing my dream job, to be able to pursue the work that I love. The other book was by John Acuff, and that was his book, Quitter. And so I had read that book about a year ago as well, and uh, maybe a little bit longer than that. But his book had a different perspective than... Dan Miller's 48 Days to the Work You Love. Dan Miller's emphasis was in 48 days to be able to create, to be able to develop, to be able to pursue that work that you love and be able to make a a workable plan, basically be able to do that in 48 days. 
And so John Acuff, on the other hand, in his book Quitter, takes the approach of taking a little bit more time, being very intentional, being very diligent over time to be able to develop and to be able to position yourself to be able to step into that work that you love. And so I think they both have very, very valid points and very valid things to be able to take into consideration. I think that the uh, direction that you take depends on your particular situation. And so for me, what I was trying to get into, which is web design and development, it's not something I could just jump into in 48 days because there's uh, certain schooling or at least training and learning some more things and being able to get that solid background in uh, development and coding and different things like that. And so that's not something you can just acquire very easily in 48 days. So it takes a little bit more time. And so for me, I think I probably patterned myself more after John Acuff's Quitter book in that regard. And so we're going to talk a little bit about some of the things that he has in that book, particularly one chapter. And so we're going to look at that here in just a little bit. And so, but before we get there, I do want to just take an opportunity to be able to just share some of the feedback that I had gotten before. Uh, it's actually been a little while now since uh, since I've talked about it. But when I first started the podcast, actually even before I started the podcast, I put a questionnaire out for people to be able to give me some feedback to be able to answer just a couple simple questions to be able to kind of give me an idea of where they were at and where I could take the podcast and be able to give me some ideas to be able to address needs that you have as opposed to just coming up with ideas myself and hoping that it sticks. And so I'm going to go ahead and cover just a little bit of that. All right, and in this survey, I'm going to skip the first question and come back to that. But the second question is, how would you rate your quality of life? And so I had a scale of uh, zero to five, basically. And so from pretty low, somewhat low, somewhat good, pretty good, and excellent. And so just to kind of see an idea of where people thought that their quality of life was for them, And in the responses, I got one person that responded that they felt that their quality of life was excellent. I had the majority, I had over 50% of the people respond that they felt that their life, uh, their quality of life, excuse me, was pretty good. Then about a third said that it was somewhat good. And then there was a a one, uh, let's see, 6% that said that it was somewhat low. And so we have a a wide variety, most people falling into the category in between somewhat good and pretty good. So they think that their life is pretty good, but there is still some things that they can do to be able to improve that a little bit more. And so I'm hoping that this podcast is a help and a benefit in that area. The third question on the questionnaire was, how would you rate your organizational skills? And so this is some things that I plan to look into a little bit more as we develop the podcast. Uh, We've talked a little bit already uh, about trying to be a little bit more productive and trying to make the best use of our time. And so I just kind of wanted to get an idea of what people thought that their organizational skills were. And so again, a couple different uh, settings here. And so there's poor, decent, good, and excellent were the choices that I gave 
over about 60% answered that they felt that their organizational skills were good. There was one person that felt that their ex skills were excellent, and there was a few that thought it was decent. And so most people think that they have pretty good organizational skills. I would kind of put myself in that category as well. And so between decent and good, it depends on my situation. It depends on where I'm at and my frame of mind. And so I have always a desire to be very organized and be able to keep things neat and easy to be able to find. But it doesn't always be able to do that. And then another question, number the fourth question, is name at least one simple thing that improves your life. And I got several different responses here. And so some of it uh, we've kind of addressed already in some of the episodes. Some of it we're going to try to address in some future episodes. And so I'm just going to share just a couple of the responses. One person said, more time for what I love. Another person said, exercise. Another person said, spending time with my family, doing more quality things, not just sitting in front of the TV. And then another person put, my wife. And then another person said the ability to be able to keep my mind active while at work by tuning into various content on the radio. And so a lot of people, seems to, that seems to be able to help them be able to concentrate, to be able to have a little something going on in the background. My wife is very much like this when she's doing work or studying or something like that. A lot of times she needs to have the TV on. She turns it down really low just so she can have a little bit of that background noise. And so, and so there's several other different uh, responses that came there as well. And so some things there regarding work and different things like that. And so those are some things that are very helpful. Now going back to the first question, well the last question that I had asked uh, was in regards to the name for this podcast. And so that's where I got the, I had a couple different ideas. I was bouncing around and so it came came up with this name here based on actually a suggestion that I didn't come up with but that a, uh, a per, another person had suggested for me and so I definitely appreciate that and but going back to the first question and that is to you what does it mean to have a quality life and so again there were uh, several different answers and so a very ranging answers that that ranged in a lot of different areas and so just to read a couple of these here, people said that freedom and time, uh, as far as uh, time and financial freedom, and so that is their definition of what uh, it means for them to be able to have a quality of life. So when they have freedom in their life, when they have freedom of time, when they're not being bogged down by all the different things that are going on in life and they're able to breathe, and then also be able to do the things that they are wanting to do instead of being tied down by having to work so often and then being able to have some financial freedom as well. And then another person says for me, it means bringing balance to those aspects of your life as far as like family, work, recreation, spirituality, growth, and then in a holistic manner. And then they uh, add a note here that says it's possible to balance over every day, but over a week, a month, and a year, it can be balanced. And so that's kind of their perspective there, and I would agree with that. And so we'll talk about that a little bit more. And there's uh, another here that says uh, life and work balance, a good quality family time. And there's some other things here, uh, more freedom to do the things that I want when I want. Another person mentioned time with family, fulfillment, doing something worthwhile. 
And then they mention another person says not to worry about money with people I love at a job I tolerate. And so um, I'm not sure if I like the last part of that response. Uh, if you brought that response, I'm uh, sorry for that. But uh, I believe that we don't have to just tolerate our jobs. I believe that we can be able to get to the point to where we really do love our work, that we love the job that we have. And so, and hopefully we can be able to get to that point. I'm in transition right now, being able to go from a job that basically I tolerate to a job that I know I'm going to love. And so we'll talk a little bit about that here in just a moment. Um, and so there was uh, some other responses that I had gotten that referred to doing work that you love and uh, the, and the importance of doing um, things that you love in all the different areas of your life and so but work is a very big part of what we do as people and so whether we're working in the home or we're working out of the home uh, there is a love that we need to have for the things that we do and when we do the things that we love we tend to put a lot more into it and we're able to get a lot more out of it as well and so we're going to be looking again today at John Acuff's book Quitter and specifically one of the chapters, uh, I believe it's chapter three, that talks about what lies between a day job and a dream job. And that thing is risk. And so he talks about risk in this chapter. And he looks at several different angles of it. And he looks at several different things. But the very core behind it is the fact that when we are faced with risk, there is some element of fear associated with it. And so there's fear associated with risk and so it can vary from being a great amount of risk that brings a lot of fear with it or it could be a something that has just minimal risk and there's very little fear that's associated with that but usually there's some sort of fear associated with any risk that we take and that we're faced with and so he deals with this here and so uh, he meant he says at one point he says every dream has risk associated with it and so that is something that we need to realize and so we probably realize this in our subconscious but sometimes it's good to be able to just come out and say it directly even say it out loud to ourselves that the fact that every dream that we have it doesn't matter what your dream is there is some risk associated with that why is that because it's something that we're thinking about something that we're dreaming about we have not attained it yet and so anytime that something has not been attained yet, that means that there's something left that needs to be done. And anytime that takes place, there's always things that are unexpected, unaccounted for, things that uh, could possibly go wrong. And so there is some, uh, some risk associated with every dream that we have. And so this is true when, as we're looking at trying to pursue our dream job, to be able to pursue work that we love. And so, and of course, all these principles that we talk about also apply to other areas of our life as well. We're just focusing today on work, on our job. And so we're looking at this here. And so he talks about three different ways that we can be able to kind of look at risk. We can look at problems and different things in our life. And so he mentions a magnifying glass, he mentions a kaleidoscope, and he mentions a telescope. And so when he gives some descriptions of each of these, but just kind of a summary, is that with the magnifying glass, that kind of gives the idea that we are blowing up the consequences 
out of proportion in our life. And so we're looking at risk and we're right there on the risk and we're like blowing it up. And so we're using that magnifying it and uh, of course, you know, a magnifying glass enlarges things. And so it makes it bigger than it really is. And when something looks bigger than it really is, it's it could be a lot more scary that way. And so I've seen TV shows and things like that where something's creeping up and there's a shadow on the wall and it's this huge shadow. The only thing is then, and after a couple seconds, this little tiny thing walks onto the screen into the room or wherever it is and it's nothing that's really that needs to be afraid of and so that's how we handle risk sometimes in our life that we see this risk and it looks huge to us and it paralyzes us because of the fear that we have when we look at that risk they also mentions the kaleidoscope and the kaleidoscope uh, of course is a somewhat popular little kids toy for the most part uh, maybe it's for adults as well, but I remember it as a kid, and so you have basically just this little sliver. Uh, depends on how it's made exactly. It might be just a, a just a, like a little slice of pie or a slice of pizza that has any of the colored shapes or anything in there, and then there's mirrors that reflect it, and it creates all the different kind of shapes that are. Um, balance and all that kind of stuff uh, in there and so and then you kind of turn it and it uh, changes the shape and it it takes that one little sliver that one little spot that has those color beads and it applies it to all the rest of the uh, viewing area that we have as we're looking into the kaleidoscope and that's sometimes how we look at our risk is we have risk that's affecting one area of our life it's just one small part but when we look at it, we see how it's affecting everything else in our life. And again, there's that fear and it paralyzes us. And then he mentions the third thing, the telescope. And with that, he talks about being able to see the details of risk from a distance. So when you have a telescope, I remember having a cheap, a very cheap telescope when I was a kid. I used to be into stars and looking into the sky and doing different things like that i don't know very much about it anymore uh my knowledge has dwindled quite a bit with that because i haven't kept up but i remember i used to be very interested in that and so i was able to get a telescope at some point i don't remember if i was 10 or 11 12 somewhere in that area and i could take that telescope and i could be able to look up into the sky and i could be able to see the stars and the the moon and the different things that were up there and it would enlarge them and make them bigger and so much like a magnifying does it makes things bigger lets you be able to see the details a little bit better with it of course if you get to powerful telescopes and things like that you can see a lot of details but with the telescope the difference is you know that there is a distance between you and whatever it is that you're looking at and so as we're looking at our risks, that's what we need to do. We need to be diligent to be able to foresee the risk, to look ahead to that, but then realize that that risk is in the future. It's in the distance. It's not going to take over us. And so what that does is it allows us to be able to prepare then and to be able to take care of the needs that come up as a result of that. So there's this risk that we have. And so we, we have to first of all change our perspective the way that we look at risk to be able to be able to handle that a little bit better and so he also talks about perfectionism I mentioned in the last episode in episode 12 uh, about trying to 
overcome procrastination, one of the things that causes people to procrastinate is perfectionism. And they're trying to uh, make everything perfect. And many times that if we can't get it to the point to where it's perfect, that we don't even try or we give up after, uh, before too long. And so we end up procrastinating as a result of that. But perfectionism is something that hinders, uh, excuse me, many of us. And as we go through life, that we end up not accomplishing so many things because we we get stuck with trying to make everything perfect. And so when it comes to writing, I've always loved writing. I remember as a six and seven year old kid, I used to write little short stories. And so I would draw a little a little picture of something, and then I would write a, a page, a short story, about whatever that was. And so I loved to be able to write. And as I got older, I started, I don't I probably started 20 to 30 books. And so I, I, had the, I would get these great ideas, and I would start kind of outlining some different things, and I would start to write. And then it wouldn't be quite what I was thinking, and so I would stop. And I would just kind of let it sit. And so, because I was wanting to make it perfect. If I couldn't make it perfect, then I wasn't going to put the time into it. And so that was a, that's a problem that I have. And so I've learned here recently to be able to avoid that. And so one thing that John brings out in his book, I don't know if it's original with him, or uh, I'm, I'm sure that he got the concept somewhere. I don't know if the quote is directly his but he says that 90% and perfect and shared with the world always changes more lives than 100% and stuck in your head so in other words he's saying that it would be better if you made it imperfect and at least got it out there than if you were to try to make it 100% perfect but you never jump on that you never as Seth Godin would say you never ship it and so we need to be able to get to the point to where, yes, we try to do the best that we can. We try to put our best effort into it. We try to look at different ways that we can make it better. But we have to make sure that we launch it. We act on it. We do something with it. We don't just let it sit. And so perfectionism can hinder us if we're not careful. And then uh, he also mentioned some things about apathy, about the fact that we get to the point to where uh, we don't care too much. And and so there, there's some things that he talks about that. But then the thing I really wanted to look at also is about being too busy, about being too busy. And so it's easy for many of us to be able to look at our life and the schedule that we have and say, wow, I'm just way too busy to be able to pursue something different. And so, no, I don't love my job. I don't really like it, but I just don't have time to try to put into my life and into a job search or to be able to learn some new skills so I can be able to make a change. I just don't have time because I'm just too busy. And so we have these different things in our life, and I could say that for myself. I, I know there's been many times I would tell people my schedule, they, they would uh, start to ask me some questions, and I just say, yeah, I do this, and I do this, and I start going through the different things that uh, I'm involved in, the, the different things that I try to do in my schedule that's around them. They're like, how in the world do you do all that? And honestly, I don't know. I, I know. I know one thing, though, is that with me doing so many different things, I'm not doing my best at any of it. And so just because I'm spreading myself so thin. But 
still the fact remains that I am busy. I've heard the saying that if you want to get something done, who do you find? You look for a busy person. You find someone that's in the middle of doing something. Why? Because usually the busy people tend to find time or they make time to get things done. And so I'm not necessarily sure if I'm always in that category, but I try to be. I try to be able to make the time to be able to get things done that need to get done. And especially, again, here in this last year or two, I've been very diligent or a lot or at least a lot more intentional about being able to put time into improving myself and improving my skills and my abilities to be able to add to those things that I can be able to then jump out and be able to do the things that I know I want to do, the things that I love to do and try to put my effort into those things so I can be able to make the transition then from my current job, which I don't really like, it's I basically just kind of tolerate I'm good at it because I've done it for so long but it's nothing that I really love and so then to be able to jump into something that I really do love something that I can get passionate about something that I can really put everything into and it doesn't drain me and so I want to be able to do that and so too many times we get too busy with that he mentions another quote that he has in there is you have the perfect amount of time each day for the things that matter most and so what we have to do is prioritize and we've talked about that in some previous episodes as well about trying to prioritize our life and be able to prioritize the things that we have in our life so that we're focusing on what is the most important in our life and so and that might vary from day to day, might vary from week to week, depending on the situations that we come across. But we need to prioritize the things that we're doing so that we can be able to focus on those things that we can be able to get them accomplished. And so I'm also going through a, another book. I got several uh, books that I'm kind of dabbling in and trying to go through. So one is the procrastination book I mentioned in episode 12. Uh, in the last episode, but I'm also have started going through a book by David Allen called Getting Things Done, and so perhaps you've heard of that. If you haven't, it's a great book. I've only have I'm only about a chapter or two into it, but a very great premise and very great um, and simple tips to be able to start working in your life to be able to get things accomplished to be able to get things done. So it's more than just a basic to do list; it's a system to be able to really incorporate and be able to maximize your time, to be able to maximize your focus, to be able to do the things that you need to do and that you want to do. And so when we feel like we're too busy, we just need to take a moment, be able to unload everything that's in our mind, get it down, get it out. We can be able to then organize it. We can focus on, okay, what do I need to do to be able to accomplish the next most important thing and so we need to be able to focus on those things and so and then even specifically about regarding the job that we're doing okay what is the next step the next action which is one of his main focuses it's not just making a list but it's acting on the things that we have there and so what is the next action that I need to do to be able to make that step toward my dream job what is it that I need to do and so we need to do that so another thing that John mentions in his book, uh, Quitter in this chapter, is he says, what if I do the wrong thing? And that's always something that is a fear 
to us. Now, there may be some people that they don't worry about doing the wrong thing. They'll just jump out and do something, and then they'll worry about the consequences later. But for many of us, we always wonder, okay, what if I make the wrong move? What if I take the wrong step? What if I make a bad decision? And that is something that can be able to cause that fear. This is another risk that we have to take because, uh, honestly, most of the time we don't always know if we're always making the 100% best decision. And so, but what we have to do is we just have to try to do our research. We have to try to make sure that we put the proper thought and the time into whatever decision it is that we're making. And then from the best assessment that we can make, we just make the decision. And so you want to try to uh, minimize your risk. And so Dave uh, Ramsey, he mentions about trying to minimize your risk. And so he's for taking risk. But he's for trying to minimize the risk that you take. And so instead of just jumping off the boat, you want to try to do what you can to make sure that the boat is close to the dock before you try to jump. And so for me, trying to pursue my my new job, my, my business that I'm starting, before I just jump out of my current job and jump into this, I, I should try to minimize the risk that's associated with that by starting small, starting slow. And so that's what I'm doing. That's what I'm working on, just trying to get one or two clients and working on those, getting those done, then trying to find a couple more clients and be able to slowly build it up. And that, also, that does uh, several things. It helps me to be able to get momentum in the business, helps me to be able to get more confidence, helps me, helps me to be able to solidify and to improve in my skills. It also helps me then financially to be able to get myself and my family prepared financially to be able to adjust from a, a quote-unquote stable job to a job that is uh, more variant in, in different things. And so because when I do actually make the switch to this business, it's not going to be a steady paycheck. It's not going to be, okay, I put this much work in and it's pretty much a guaranteed thing and I'm going to get the paycheck. This is going to be something that it's going to be dependent upon me going out and finding work or encouraging others to bring work to me, trying to somehow bring some more business in and then being able to deliver on that. And it's going to be directly related to the work that I put into it. And so there's more risk that's associated with that, but the risk can be minimized by having an emergency fund, by having some money uh, that is saved up that can kind of be a cushion so that if I have a month that's not so good, I don't get very many clients, and so I'm not having that money that comes in, we still have a little bit of a cushion. We don't have to freak out. And so, because what happens when you freak out and you get, uh, you, you tend to get um, you get locked up in in your mind and it freezes you up and you your productivity uh, tends to go down when you get into that kind of situation. Some people, they thrive on that kind of thing and so they they tend to do a little bit better. Me, personally, I don't necessarily have that capability and so when I'm faced with the opportunity of not doing well sometimes it freezes me up and I tend to do worse work because I'm trying to hurry and rush and I get flustered and so 
I have to be careful about that. Every person's different. So you just have to know how you operate, how you react, and then try to set things up to be able to help you to be able to overcome those things and to be able to minimize those opportunities. And so, as in the case of financial aspects, you can be able to have that emergency fund saved up so that you can be able to have that cushion so it's not as much stress. And so it allows you to be able to be opened up and to be able to have that freedom to be able to do the things that you need to do. And so as you're pursuing a new business, a new job or something like that, you definitely don't want to put your family at risk of not having food and shelter and the basics of life as well while you're trying to pursue your dream. But at the same time, you don't want to just keep doing a mundane job, a job that you don't love, even though you're providing all of those needs for your family. And so you need to try to have that balance, be able to take that risk, be able to look at it and properly analyze it from the telescope view and be able to act on that and then to be able to do the things that you need to do. And so these are some things that that I'm kind of going through and kind of have been going through my mind and that uh, have been a focus for me uh, here lately. And so if you'll remember... Um, if you've been to the blog, I mentioned uh, back on the 6th, I think it was, I uh, put a post up there um, announcing that I was going to take a, a little bit of a break from the blog and so I wasn't going to be posting as much so I can be able to focus on my business. And so part of the focus on my business is, is uh, working on my time and working on my focus. And so this is one of the things that I'm having to deal with as well is risk. And so I hope that this has been a help and a blessing to you. And so I hope it's something that you can be able to use in your life, whether you are trying to pursue your dream job, or you're trying to pursue a job that you love, or maybe it's something else in your life uh, that you're trying to face. Maybe you're looking at buying a new home. Maybe you're looking at trying to make a new change in your life. And so uh, trying to make the decision of having your first child or having another child. Um, or maybe adoption, or whatever it is, and so there's risk associated with all those different things, and what we have to do is we just kind of have to take a step back and have a proper perspective on that risk, and then to try to do some things that we can do to try to minimize those risks so that we can be able to take those steps and be able to um, still be able to act on it. Again, we still want to make sure that we act, but we want to try to minimize the risk at the same time. And so, but we don't want to spend so much time trying to minimize the risk that we never act. And so we want to be able to get to the point that we pull that trigger. And so hope that these, uh, that these things have been, uh, helpful. And so these are, um, some of it, uh, well, it's all mostly been based on John's book quitter, but, uh, definitely some, uh, some spin as far as my personal life and so I hope it's been a help and if you did like this I do hope that you'll share this with your social circles I hope that you'll be able to uh, share this with your friends and family as well and if you would I would definitely appreciate it if you could take a little bit of time and go to iTunes and you can be able to give me a rating and a review there so that would definitely be a help to me to be able to make the show a lot more visible so that more people can be able to find it as they search for this kind of content on iTunes. And so you can go to simpleliving.us forward slash iTunes, and that'll take you to the site for that. And so you can uh, 
be a help and a blessing with that. And so I think you can uh, possibly even do that through the uh, iPhone app, or I guess even the iPad app if you're listening with that. And so you could be able to leave a review with that. And so I would definitely appreciate that. On Stitcher, you could be able to give the thumbs up. And so I would definitely appreciate that as well. And so Stitcher is uh, my main use for listening to the podcast. And so as I listen to podcasts, I try to click on that thumbs up as I listen to the episodes as well. And so and I, uh, from my understanding, that's an episode by episode basis. And so for every episode, uh, that helps the person to be able to get a little bit more visibility on their show. And so I try to do that for the other people as I listen to their podcasts. And so I would ask that if uh, you're able to do that, I would appreciate that. And so you're right there. So all you got to do is just push that button. Go ahead. Give you a little bit of time to be able to do that. All right. But with that, uh, also, I would love to be able to get some feedback from you. And so I'd love to be able to get some feedback with that. Next episode, I'm going to go ahead and share some of the feedback that I've uh, already gotten. And so I didn't uh, collect that beforehand uh, for this episode. But I've gotten some uh, feedback uh, complimenting me on the show and uh, the the blog and the website that is out there. And so I definitely appreciate that. I appreciate the comments that people have taken the time to come to the site and be able to uh, read the show notes there, be able to leave a comment as well. And so for this episode, you can go to simpleliving.us forward slash 013 for episode 13. And you can be able to scroll down and be able to leave a comment there as well. You can leave a question. Uh, maybe you are in the process of trying to change jobs you're trying to pursue your dream job uh, you can share your story there maybe you can share some of the risks that you're having to face and maybe you can share some of the things that you're doing to try to overcome those risks and so those are some things that you can try to share there then also coming up uh, hopefully here in the next uh, week or two on uh, the next episode or two I should be able to be sharing an episode an interview with um, Eric Fisher and so he is a social media expert, and so he has his own podcast, Beyond the To-Do List, and he's also has been featured on several other podcasts as well, And so, uh, but he does social media for a living, and so he knows a lot about social media, and social media is something that uh, all, probably all of us have come in contact with since you're listening to a podcast. I'm assuming that you probably have some sort of social media, whether it's Facebook or Twitter, LinkedIn, Google+, uh, something like that. And so you can be able to um, hopefully get some tips to be able to uh, allow yourself to be able to simplify your social media. And so we're going to look at some of those things. If you have any questions that you would like me to ask him during the interview or something you'd like for us to discuss, and so you can be able to share that in the uh, show notes here for this episode, or you can email me at feedback at qualitylivingmadesimple.com, or even on the website itself at the uh, very top, over on the right side, you can be able to click on feedback, and you can be able to uh, write me that way, or even uh, that way you can leave a voicemail for me as well. And so just speak right into your phone or to your computer, and you can be able to leave an audio feedback for me and I would even include that in the uh, podcast if you would like and so I could be able to have that audio clip of you asking a question or sharing some thoughts and so I would definitely love to be able to include that 
And so with that, I'm going to go ahead and close it for today. I hope that you have enjoyed it. I hope that this is something that's beneficial to you. And I hope that you'll take the things that you've heard and will work at implementing these into your life and that it can help you be able to simplify your life and it can help improve your quality of life as well. You take care and have a great day.